Delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv. Taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 515 of The Two Techies for Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less with Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. Come together once a week or once a month, whichever one really, to talk about, discuss, debate, converse, explore and scrutinise the world of tech. This week, the EU wants to limit pre-installed smartphone apps. Is that a step too far? Google are designing the Pixel phone for an economic downturn. And Apple delays new anti-tracking privacy features. Sorry, Aaron, I am just sitting in shock and awe that we... I... Well, I would say we, because I like to be collaborative and collective, but I, I don't want to make it sound as if you're an amateur, I'm just including myself. I'm surprised I, I was able to do that in one take. It has been a month and I was able to do it in one take, but yet sometimes in between a week, I can't. What you have, to, what you have to remember hmm. is uh, we will get to the end of this going, wow, yeah, we nailed it in one take. Oh, you got to press record. Wasn't recording. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, that has happened before, hasn't That's it? Something, well, happened... not, not, not to that extent, but something's failed somewhere. Remember in the early days when, when software was just glitchy, for, for this type of thing and I guess because the software was doing so much a lot of the time it either crashed or it stopped recording halfway through or it glitched or what was was what there was a software package that was so temperamental it, it genuinely was like flipping a coin whether it sort of processed everything the uh I'm luckily s- touch wood and I'll touch every bit of wood in the room that hasn't happened for a long time I'm so glad our reliance on so much software and hardware has become so much less like when we had to rely on a stable VoIP connection to have a good show that was like you had to pick mm. the specific time of day that you recorded the episode based on whether you know because skype always had a had a fit a, a fit in the evenings and whatnot it was just oh i don't miss those days i do not miss them at all <laughs> those days when we say those days it sounds like it was a while ago it probably was because we are very fast approaching 11 years of doing the show 11 years it's crazy and i know the last month of mia missing an action what, and September? I, I, we, we, we 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 sorry go ahead what, what? September. Well, yeah, exactly. What month? It's just, yeah. Um, I guess just everything has just been so up in the air. Schedules, news, life. Um, and I don't mean the good or bad or anyway. I just, in general, just everything that there's been no, I think consistency is out the window for this year. Genuinely, not just for the show, but just life in general. Um, but we're back. So- Hopefully... No one missed us that much. So many people's 2021 New Year's resolutions are going to be, so that year never happened. <laughs> it's just like, mm, yeah, 2020 <laughs> was the year that everything was going to be great, wasn't it? It's just like, we're all going to get to Christmas going, thank God for that. Thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing is, I, th- there's this mentality that once 2020 is over, everything goes back to normal or, or betterness. <laughs> I, I just, I, I mm, well, it doesn't. hate to be the bearer of realism, well, but it doesn't. Mm. I, I, I don't know. We'll wait and see. I, you know what? I, I just, for, for me anyway, I always try and get the best out of a situation. And 
whilst yes there have been a lot of negative connotations to the year obviously because of the elephant in the room um, SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 but still you got to look on the bright side some good things have come out of it for everyone I hope Um, and whilst we're not at the tail end of it we're certainly not at the very start of it so we're making progress and as long as you're you're a bit forward each day that's fine that's all you can hope for as long as you're staying safe staying healthy sensible wise it'll it'll get better it always does I've uh, I don't know about you but I've reached the point where every time I look on TV and like the film could be from the mid 1980s I will my brain immediately goes they're not social distancing they're not wearing masks <laughs> yeah you, you just shook his hand yeah. what? what are you doing <laughs> it's just like <laughs> can't hug her you don't live in the same exactly. house exactly <laughs> it's just like what is going on yeah. the, uh, 2020 has just conditioned us to be more than more of germaphobes I don't know about you but I've, I've never been a you know I've always been a little bit of a, a germ freak um, and mm. uh, 2020 has not helped that but uh, I feel like I was prepared um, you know and I was also prepared on not going outside so nothing's changed um, I, I think the time that when, when we were for coffee one day and the time you, you poured the hand sanitizer in, into your coffee I think that reinforced that you were maybe a little bit past I just, just that, drink yeah. the hand sanitizer that's way <laughs> just a shot of that never mind espresso Donald Trump's <laughs> new recommendations uh, exactly yes that's bleach isn't it okay please no Sorry. do not do not and do not inhale do not ingest in any way thanks not good for you technology wise th- this is the problem this is the first time ever ever that technology has really lulled quite substantially and it's quite difficult to get a show that's we always say we, I mean I I don't enjoy I know you don't enjoy talking when there's nothing to talk about but there there never is nothing to talk about until this year when there genuinely have been weeks when there has been very little to talk about I think it's also the first time in a long time where an Apple event has happened and we've both gone yeah <laughs> It's like, mm. it was the most, I don't know if you watched it, but that was the most underwhelming, for obvious reasons, but it was the most underwhelming Apple event I think I've seen in so many years. Like, the iPad update, the update, I should say. Like, I don't know, didn't feel cohesive, didn't get the one that I, I probably would have been more interested in with the iPad Pro. Um, yep. Do you remember we had, the, I think we had this conversation like a few years ago where, or we've always had these conversations, I think, where we, we started to think that Apple's lineup was starting to get really fragmented and it was, you know, the the mini and the pro the this and the that and the other and then everything sort of fell out of its own update schedule so nothing made sense anymore and then it kind of got better and then we thought oh this is making sense they've consolidated the number of versions or the number of products they have um mm. and now it seems to be going the other way so now we're up to like 1800 versions of everything you look at the rumors for the iphone 12 um as much as you know anyone wants to read into rumors but when you look at them it's they're talking about three versions of the iphone 12 bearing in mind i think two for the 11 obviously apple have had two for a while but it's the two for the 11 plus the se and the old ones they keep along like that just feels a lot at the moment i think to go and introduce a third one and with the ipad this event they updated two ipads and then like the pro just got left out in the weeds and like it doesn't exist the mac obviously going through a similar thing with when the imac pro came out and i guess the mac pro now at this stage but specifically when the imac pro came out three years ago like we forget it's been three years we were like this is great 
people will only buy this if Apple can prove that they can keep on top of it. They have to update it. They very publicly said that when the Mac Pro came out, when the last Mac Pro came out, sorry, they were very admitting towards the end that they backed themselves into a corner with the design that they produced. They couldn't update it. Um, They were stuck with thermal limitations and I imagine a whole bunch of other limitations that that's why it went like six years or seven years without an update. And I think we were also afraid that the same was going to happen to the iMac Pro. Apple are very, I think from an external point of view, they, they seem a, a bit like a company that's constantly like running around. It's like, oh, squirrel. Like they're constantly distracted by the new shiny thing. And um, I think we've always kind of said about how the, the dilution of the product lineup doesn't help that. You look at the watch. They announced the Apple Watch Series 6. They also announced a new version, the Apple Watch SE, following a, a, a similar lineup to the iPhone. It's just like, this is great, but they kept the Series 3 around. So basically it goes 200 pounds, 279 pounds, and then like 400 or 399 or whatever it is. Like those bottom two, or whatever Apple want to refer to them as, the, the Series 3, which is three generations old, and the SE are only 70, 80 pounds apart. It's like, what is going... And they're, they're such different devices as well. Like Apple actually have... Yeah. Like I have to actually refer to comparison tables now on Apple's own website. Like that's insane. I, I'm the same. Yeah. It, and I... It, I, I, I Years ago, it was simple for anyone, a consumer especially, who potentially didn't have a knowledge, a prior background knowledge of Apple's lineup, and and they could have made an informed choice. Even now, well, not even now, now, on the other hand, I guess I should say, and I don't mean this to say I'm, I'm any more knowledgeable than anyone else, but the fact that we've spoken about it for the last 11 years, you would like to think I have some sort of grounding compared to someone who's just walking in wanting a phone who doesn't have an interest in technology. I would, I, I actually do struggle. I've been in the Apple store on multiple occasions during an iPhone purchase, not necessarily just for myself, but I I, I have had to, to to further use the comparison app on the phones and, and check myself because it, it is confusing. I actually, uh, I need to, And that wasn't Apple. I need to correct something I said, which literally proves our point. There's three versions of the iPhone 11, isn't there? There's the 11, yeah. the 11 Pro and the 11 Pro Max. I completely forgot that there was a... I, <laughs> I just had it in my head that it was 11 and 11 Max, whatever they call it, um, which is like harping back to the days of the 6 and the 6 Plus, um, which yeah. I, I think I remember when that came out, because obviously for a long time you had the 3G, the, then the 3GS then the 4, 4S, 5, 5S like they were singular phones in singular years and I think I remember when the 6 came out and obviously there was two versions of it I think we thought that was like stretched at that point um, mm. that's a lot of choice all of a sudden I get the, the choice between the smaller phone and the bigger phone yeah, I think that the choice of size bearing in mind with Apple there's often very little, probably even less so nowadays, there's very little technically different between the two, there was a couple years like I think the 7 and the 7 Plus was had a slightly apart from obviously one having two cameras, but I think it was also like different stabilization and whatnot. Um, like these are technical features that you'll never be able to explain to the average customer. Um, basically, it's like, is it a big screen? Yes, cool. Um, and Apple have obviously gone a, a little bit away from that now, but you've got the iPhone 11 and then the 11 Pro, and it's like, what's the difference? Okay, well, the 11 Pro is a little bit smaller, it's an OLED screen, and it has a slightly different, I don't know, God knows what in it. And then the Pro Max is a bigger version of that. 
Like it's it's so it's just ridiculously confusing to me. And to watch this event in September, um, and obviously and now since see people review these devices, I think everyone's like, yep, the uh, the uh, the Apple Watch Series Six was was a good update, and the SE uh, is the SE shipping. I don't know. Um, I've only ever seen people review the six at the moment. Um, but it was one of those years where like Apple's highlight feature was colors. You can buy in color. They can even buy the iPad in colors now. That's a new one. That tells you when Apple have like run out of features when they have to like, oh yeah, you can buy the <laughs> iPad in a different color. Um, which I, th- I think colors yeah. are cool. Don't get me wrong. Color colors are, colors are cool. And I think the uh, the product red and the blue watch looks uh, looks pretty neato as well. I just uh, I, I I don't think it was a bad event per se. I I, I think that the Series Six and whatnot and the uh, iPad and the iPad Air are fine. I just find it weird that they didn't update the the iPad Pro. I find it super weird that uh, we have an SE now that's only you know seventy or eighty quid different from the uh, the Series Three. I appreciate that Tim Cook's Apple is very much a it's a numbers game. Um, I know people hate the Steve Jobs would never do this, but I, I genuinely think it just shows you a difference between the two apples. The lots of versions hitting every price point, still great products. Don't get me wrong, but it's the we're specifically talking about just the sheer number of things and the price mm. points they hit is a is a very that feels like a logistics way of thinking like a tim cook apple i think steve jobs would have had fewer um you know i don't think there would be an iphone 11 to the iphone 11 pro um i don't think there would be so many versions of everything but um yeah no it, I, I i i agree because that that fragmentation only became apparent post jobs anyway that that was very uh obvious and i <laughs> I don't necessarily. I I think in a way it's it's good for Apple because it, it gives choice and that's what consumers want. But it it's good, but it's bad. There's there's two sides of it. The bad side is it it confuses people. I don't think it confuses people to the point whereby they choose to go elsewhere. But it's just annoying more than anything. I mean, I don't know if you've been in. I don't know when you were last in an Apple store, but do you remember the time when you walked into an Apple store and you had? And I'm still talking about two ver two like six and six plus time. You walked in and there was an iPhone table. There was an iPad pad table um and obviously since you've had the watch table and obviously the mac have been scattered around but you walk into an apple store now and you've got this iphone that iphone you know you you walk down the side and like the one in milton Keynes, all down the uh as you walk in on the left hand side all kind of the first half of the store is just ipads lined up with barely any explanation aside from you looking at the ipad as to which one is the the cheaper ipad which one is the air and which one is the pro ipad obviously with the pro ipad you've got two sizes in that as well Um, and it's not until you actually jump on the device do you realise which is which I think if someone wants to walk into a store and you're unguided by an Apple employee um, you'd walk to the first iPad that is free or the first iPad that you see and that would be your impression of the iPad as a whole you may not be aware that there's a cheaper one a more expensive one uh, you know one that supports a different type of Apple Pencil um, one that has a different screen or a different process or whatever you may not be aware of that because you just assume that the iPad is the iPad. You know, you look back at the days of the iPad 1, 2, 3, 4 like it was the iPad. Um, yeah, yeah. Even having a Pro I, I can maybe understand that um, I think because the Pro is is such a different price bracket that I can understand having two versions but it's this weird iPad iPad Air. Bring in mind originally the iPad Air, like I've got an Air 2 which is confusing now because they restarted the Air name so what is the Air 2? We don't 
don't know. But this is an original Air 2, and Apple just changed the iPad name into the Air, and now they sort of use it as, like, the Air means the middle one, like, the bigger screen. Uh, it's just like, what is going on with their naming structure? What is going on with the, the number of choices? It's just nuts to me. Um, I get it. They do this for a reason. Apple don't put this stuff out there, and it's like spaghetti on the wall and hope to see what sticks. They obviously know that they're going to sell X of this, X of that, and X of the other. Um, it's a numbers game to Apple, and they want to cover all basis. But I think mm-hmm. as a, you know, I, as a, a group of Apple fans, I guess, we sit here and going, it's really hard to, to tell people that Apple is simple. It's really hard to make fun of Android anymore. Um, it's really f- hard to make fun of, like, the PC world, when it's just, we always used to go, oh, it's too much choice and whatnot. It's like, oh, that's awkward. Yeah, I agree. You say that, you say about being a fan. Well, I'm thinking more of a stockholder, a stakeholder Touché. at this point. But, yep, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so ultimately, I mean, we've, we've, we've spoken about Apple for the entirety of the show then. No, quick news. <laughs> we'll talk about them after the quick news as well. Owners of Amazon's Ring Smart Doorbells have been reporting phantom visitors with the bell chiming but no one being at the door. It is Halloween after all. Amazon has blamed the issue on infrastructure delays, making real doorbell presses arrive later. They said its processing infrastructure was running behind, which caused delays in people receiving the notifications. They do say the issue has now been resolved and they apologized for any inconvenience. Amazon did not say how many people have been affected or what caused the delay. The users across the UK, Europe and United States reported the random rings throughout the day on 30th of September. Some people took to Twitter to describe how they were getting a succession of rings with others saying their devices were going off every 10 minutes. E-scooters could be legalised on roads, but riding on pavements should be prohibited, the Transport Committee of MPs has said. Currently, private-owned e-scooters are banned to use in the UK anywhere except on private land. The committee argues the vehicles, which usually travel between 9 and 15 miles per hour, could offer a green alternative to the car. Official trials of rented e-scooters have already been announced in some places in England. While supporting the introduction of e-scooters, the Transport Committee said the government should use trials to monitor the number and types of collisions that take place, describing riding e-scooters on pavements as, quote, dangerous and antisocial. The committee said the law should, quote, prohibit their use on pavements and that robust enforcement measures would be needed. All week, there has been concern from users of the NHS COVID-19 app about disturbing alerts that quickly vanish. Now, the Department of Health says it is working on a fix, but warned that it could take some time. Surprise! The issue affects the England and Wales app, but not Scotland or Northern Ireland. The alerts are generated by the underlying Apple and Google framework rather than the app itself they are causing alarm and confusion. Lee Stanley, who says he installed the app last Thursday as soon as it was available, saw the message flash up, possible COVID-19 exposure. Someone you were near reported having COVID-19. The exposure date, duration and signal strength have been saved. He said when I clicked on that to open up the notification to see what happened, he didn't do anything. As he was in Birmingham, which the app was telling him was at high risk level, he was naturally concerned. He delved into the app's website for further advice. In the FAQs, there is a what to do if the app tells you that you've been near somebody who has COVID-19 and it tells you to obviously self-isolate for 14 days. 
But when he took to Twitter, many people told him that this might be a false alarm. He's quoted as saying, I don't know whether that this is the case or not. That's the confusing thing. And finally, a designer has earned more than $100,000, £77,000 in less than a week. After posting a tweet showcasing his collection of iPhone app icons, the creator known online as Traff says he produced, quote, the right content at the right time and was boosted by tech-reviewing YouTube star Marcus Brownlee. Traff had noticed the trend of people sharing screenshots of their newly customized iPhone home screens with color-coordinated icons and widgets. While this is nothing unusual for users of Android smartphones, Apple had never officially let its users customize their iPhones in this way. But... After the launch of iOS 14 last month, users discovered a workaround that let them completely redesign their home screens, changing app icons to whatever they liked. It inspired Traff to share a screenshot of his own minimalistic monochrome design on Twitter, and it was an instant hit, with users describing it as clean, slick, and a dream aesthetic. For many, it was the first taste of a smartphone customization. Ding dong. Knock knock. Knock knock. Sorry, I'm just being delayed. Like the Amazon infrastructure. Knock knock. Who's there? Well, no one. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can see. I mean, that, that would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? You know, your, your, your phone telling you someone at the door and there isn't. It's, it's kind of annoying in a way that it happened in September because otherwise... I, I know. Other, yeah. Otherwise, I wish Amazon would just play it off as a, ooh, spooky. <laughs> yeah. E-scooters on the road. Ooh. 9 to 15 miles per hour. Boy, do I have hmm. something to say about this, but you go ahead first. I, I thought you would. I, you want, I, the, the thing is, bear in mind... Now, this is coming from someone who, who cycles on the road from time to time, but... Get out. Um, but, <laughs> so, do you, you know... Well, of course you do. Mobility scooters. Those four-wheeled scooters that obviously, you know, help those who have limited mobility get around shops and, 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 and the like. Yeah. Some, some are road legal. Not all. Certain types. There's a certain classification of them that are allowed on the roads. And I have driven past as one was on the road and they very nearly got themselves wiped out, wiped out by uh, traffic opposing them. I, it just doesn't seem safe to me. And it's maybe not so much the fact it's there, it's the fact that people, potentially the people who are on it, don't... There is a difference between, and this is the thing, between us, in my eyes, uh, between a, a cyclist and a bike rider, for example. And the difference is a bike rider is just someone who rides a bike, isn't wearing the appropriate clothing, the appropriate colour, might not have a helmet on, and isn't necessarily on a road bike either. And you might say, well, that's that that's quite discriminatory. It is, but it's also not, because those people may just be out for a jolly on their bikes. They might, And I'm generalising here, but that's Literally typically what you sometimes to have to do. Literally go British road and you will see that exact description. Yeah, whereas a cyclist, in my eyes, is someone who, one, is very defensive on the road, is thinking ahead, is, is making it easy for the cars around them whilst keeping themselves safe too. Um, is is thinking about what could happen, what they should do, so on and so forth. The right lights, the right clothing, helmet, etc., etc. And so it, it it could be very, it, it could be the same with the, the, for example, a mobility scooter which is legal on the road. There will be the type of person who is very inconsiderate, who isn't, you know, there's no lights on, they're not wearing anything that would draw your attention because they're obviously not a very big thing. And then there could be the type to think, oh, well, I'm on a road, I need to be very visible and seen, and so on and so forth. So there are different categories, even though it's the same thing. Sorry, I just wanted to make that known. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hand the floor over to you, Aaron, and I just hope you don't offend too many people. On you go. 
Ah, I mean, there's one thing guaranteed, and it's I will offend lots of people. Um, <laughs> on list number one, now I'm kidding. Um, I have a scooter in the shed. It's just a non-powered one. Um, and I also have a kit under my bed that is an electric scooter conversion kit. Battery, big, powerful. Uh, well, it's tiny motor, but it's massively powerful. Um, How long ago? Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting already. How long ago was it you got I that? I think I, that that must just be two, three years, right? We went just before we went to spain the first time i ordered it so that's four years ago it's four and a half years ago pretty much and it's still sat oh under goodness. the bed because when i <laughs> ordered it by then was it well when i ordered it didn't really think much actually i like when i ordered it it was designed it was going to go on a long board that long board is also in the shed um but the I think to start a like electric conversion project on something that as a scooter the the rear wheel is it's a fixed mounted wheel whereas on a longboard or any kind of skateboard obviously you tilt the board to steer so there's movement in the trucks and that was mind bending to try and work out how to uh, power that obviously something like a boosted or whatnot it's either all built into the trucks or the motor is on the wheel itself um so I switched to I ordered a scooter it's a great little scooter as good as scooters can be um proper off-road tires and whatnot and then i before i decided to kind of delve into anything i decided to read up on the legality of it that's just the person i am um and i bearing in mind this is like three four years ago very quickly realized that oh they're very banned in this country like it's you know they're very not legal obviously this country um has some pretty rightfully so strict laws on transport um any kind of transport whatever it is um if it has is under of its own power of any kind, all of a sudden um, you're subject to lots and lots of laws, and that's obviously yeah. an aim yeah. to keep everyone on the road safe. Um, it's the same reason I think people in the UK balk at the fact that when I watch like car restoration channels or car modding channels that are based in the United States, and I get the impression that different states or state to state, like the the laws change. Um, a lot of states don't seem to need any kind of inspection or, or anything like that. Obviously over here, any form of transport that goes on the road needs to be well maintained. A lot of it will need to have some, if it falls within an age bracket, will need to have some kind of yearly inspection. It's a standardized uh, MOT test, make sure lights are working, you know, seatbelts are all correct, um, all your safety gear is uh, is okay, brakes, etc, etc, tires, um, just the standard stuff. Nothing, you know, super complicated, but the obvious stuff that should be regularly maintained and regularly checked. Obviously, with our strict transport laws, the more transport um, they they keep an eye on every form of transport, a bike, car, scooter, um, mobility scooter, whatever it is. Um, every form has its own laws and e-scooters have been something that I've seen, you know, you watch any channel in America or any whatnot and e-scooters are, or any, you, you go to any city or whatever it is and e-scooters are bound to be some kind of prominent thing. It's an ideal form of transport in my eyes. That was until recently, didn't really think of anything of it until recently they're illegal i'm not going to spend the time building it went off and did other things um i'm sure the legality will change some point or i will change my mind on something um and a town close to here northampton like two like a month or two months ago they recently became part of this e-scooter trial and 
oh my god, the posts on Twitter I have been seeing about it. Talking, uh, talk about riding on the pavement in antisocial manner. It's just like, oh, you know, these things are rentable to anyone, which means that you guessed it, anyone rents them. Um, mm. and Jamie knows who I'm talking about when I say anyone in this country. Um, <laughs> and they are just getting like they they are quick. Watch the mm. people are walking along the pavement. Pavements in Northampton not particularly great, not particularly wide. They're pedestrian pavements. They're not designed for for, for transport on them of any kind. Um, obviously, even riding a Yung. riding a bike on the path is is questionable or illegal. Um, so a scooter that can do, I mean, fifty miles an hour, like I, these would these look like they were doing more than that. Maybe it's just the speed difference Yung. between the person. But Yung. they're just weaving in and out of everyone, like skidding around, multiple people riding on them. Like these things are ridden correctly, I think, within the correct laws, etc., etc. They're probably great, but with the type of people they decided to clearly rent them out to, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but there's a certain, I don't know, body of people. Do you like, do, do you like my impression? No? Okay. If it was just like I'm at Silverstone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a certain body of people, type of person. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. Um, well, well, yeah, I, I guess what you're saying is it, it depends who, ha- who, who has exactly. them. But it's the same as anything, really. But because they're not legislated, it's much easier to just exactly. do it willy as you as you wish. Um, and I, I guess if they are on the roads, there needs to be a lot, but the, the regulations seem to be stricter and tighter because, as you've just rightly said, the wrong person on a pavement is bad enough, let alone if you involve cars, vans, trucks. I don't know. Seems well, a just, bit I think it, silly. But, but bearing in mind, anyone can get on a bicycle on the road, technically, but at the same time, a bicycle is um, self-propelled. It's not using any sort of uh, motor or, or otherwise to power, which, as you rightly pointed out, once that's the case, legislation changes very much. Yeah, and I think, you know, rightfully so. I don't think anyone particularly has the idea of, oh, I'm going to take my e-scooter and ride it down the dual carriageway or the motorway. You know, we're often well, areas I, that have minimum th- speed is, limits. Yeah, yeah that, that will happen. That that will happen. Exactly. Well, I partially will. Yeah, definitely. I, you can't I was joining, stupid. So, sorry, com- completely off topic, I say that. I was joining the motorway to, to maybe nine, ten months ago and police were escorting a cyclist on the hard shoulder. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Walking them back off. He'd, he'd gotten onto the join. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, I see a lot of cyclists around here on the dual carriageway, but they often put official cycle routes down the dual carriageway. Work that Oh, yeah, out. well, yeah, a dual carriageway does... Yeah, exactly. Dual carriageway is one thing. It's bad enough, but motorway is, yeah. I'm literally watching cars like... You don't expect to... When you're doing 70 on a dual carriageway or a motorway, you don't expect to come across something of that vast of a speed difference. If the cyclist is doing 20 or 30 miles an hour, yeah, that's a 40, 50 mile an hour speed difference between the two of you. And well, that's being generous. Uh, you know, you're, 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 uh, at that speed, you're assuming it's downhill and it's you know, good weather. Yeah, okay. So may, may, maybe, a, maybe a 50, 60 mile an hour difference. And the cyclist can wear all the clothing they like. My One of my issues with a few cyclists is they often don't. But a good mm. cyclist, as you say, high-vis jacket, you know, makes themselves be seen. Um, And your brain just it takes a second to work out that's a cyclist going a lot slower than you are. Um, it's it's hard to explain because you know how it is when you're driving. You go in as much as you try not to. You do go into autopilot, especially when you're on a dual carriage or a motorway. You know your brain's looking at cars. You're looking at a lot of things doing similar speeds. You are obviously looking around for risks all the time. But you're looking at all of that, and then like there's something that's not going the right speed. Um, and it's like it could be super jarring, and it takes a second. Yeah, well, it's a side. 
size as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a small object the brain has to register. I mean, motorbikes, obviously, you see a motorbike all the time, they're going faster than you. Work that one out. Um, the, thing, the, the thing is, sorry, I'm going to interrupt here, just because I have some sort of wisdom, and that's not very often. Ah, James um, Wisdom Hour. You say motorbikes. There's been a lot of research done on it, actually, because there's a, a thing in which seeing but not seeing, and that's why a lot of people, well, I say a lot, not a lot, but that's why in, 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 in certain accidents, when when someone, when a car pulls out in front of a motorbike, and obviously there's no time for the motorbike to react, or there's not enough time for him to, to react properly, and it ends up in a, a, a collision of some sort, you, you typically, supposedly hear this, suddenly I saw, or I didn't, I, I didn't see him, but they were looking, they looked and they didn't see it. And that's just because of the size, and sometimes this, the size of the motorbike, even though obviously you might have a light, or may not necessarily, more so if the case may be, have a light on, just blends into the background. Whereas there's been a lot of work done, I guess, with uh, supposedly if, 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 if you have a triangle light set up at the front, and I mean a top light and then two at the bottom, which creates sort of a triangle, triangular formation. Which supposedly that registers with the brain a lot quicker than one single light at the front. That, it, it it helps right. identify a, a, a motorbike. And you will see certain motorcyclists, are, if you look for it, you will see it, that they have that in the front. And they're the ones, in my eyes, who are more glued in and want to be seen and are aware of the fact that, okay, they don't have to make the mistake. But as even as someone who cycles in the road from time to time, I know that it doesn't matter if I'm in the right or the wrong, I'm not going to come out better than a car, a van, or a lorry. So I just need to assume that I'm always going to have to do the right thing rather than expect the other person to and that's what you should do on the road anyway but on top of that for cycling number one high visibility colors fluorescent colors 100% draw a driver's attention or or any motor vehicle um, or road user attention much quicker than a dark color I actually I remember a while ago being on the road and seeing looked like a couple one was wearing a very fluorescent colored top way way in the distance um, and the, the, the other one well I say way way in the distance okay there was only a, a few footsteps well no they were both far in the distance sorry but they were close enough to each other a few meters behind one was in front one was behind the pavement's quite narrow onto the road but i immediately saw the one with the high visibility coloring before i saw the other one and they were closer by okay yep only a few meters but still and and it just made me think wow i, I spotted that further than before i spotted the, the second person who wasn't wearing them you're um um which again shows the the psychology behind it the brain we're we're hardwired to spot colors specific colors because some things mean danger or they mean draw we we should be drawn to them quicker than others um it's the same with lights for cyclists uh supposedly and again this is what the research says having a, a light on the front of your bicycle if it flashes the best pattern or the front or the back if you have it on the pattern the best pattern to have it on is a a, a non-regular pattern i.e if it is Say, for example, so not constant, not even just flash, 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 more so more flash, 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 and then maybe a break, flash, two second break, flash, flash, one second break, flash, so something that's not consistent because apparently, supposedly, I'm not an expert, but from what I've read and from what I've learned, that is going to draw a, a motorist's or another road user's attention quicker than something that's consistent. Um, and also, as someone who flies from time to time, if you're looking out for traffic, rather than doing a scan than just swiveling your head, you're better to break into sections, hold your head still for a second, and again, your your brain, it, it, it instead of you moving your head, you stop, 
you cover a portion of the sky or the horizon or whatever, and then you turn around, you do the same, and, and supposedly the brain identifies that movement quicker than what it would if you were scanning. It's it's crazy the amount of intricacies, and I'm just realising we've really went off on a tangent. Well, I was going to take you more on a tangent. <laughs> um, Go for it. Your, your triangle light theory, light theory? Yeah. Your light explanation, but, I should say. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that explains, I've always kind of wondered why when I watch videos of trains, you know how much I like trains, um, hmm. they have a it's a triangle formation on the front of the train and the top light is a solid light and then the bottom two alternate so i think the top one pulses as well but it's not in the pattern and i I always wondered why a triangle seems like an odd shape to have but i guess that would explain it because you can go ah that's not a car or oh that's not a lorry that's a giant train and also you saying about obviously when a car pulls out and then they they don't see a bike does that explain the recent trend of people pulling out from the trains i've seen (laughs) the trains blend into yeah, the background yeah. the horn's not loud enough or yeah, well I, th- I thought the flashing red lights to say there's a train coming were enough it's but, yeah. just i mean I, I know i've sent you a bunch of the videos but like oh man thank god for dash cams dash cams really point out the idiocy in the world don't they but seeing people like oh, i can beat that train oh i didn't beat it <laughs> it's mm. just yeah 100 incredible in this world just i mean to bring it back to e-scooters it's like when you've got people in cars jump, jumping lights getting hit by trains it's like we have no hope for uh mm. keeping e scooter regulated which pains me because like i say i wanted to build one and private ownership still being illegal while potentially uh private riding or you know riding on public pavements privately owned no probably owned e-scooters you know what i mean um with that still being illegal without going to continue to be illegal it's kind of annoying that they would allow for this oh but if you rent it it's perfectly fine it's like surely if i buy something i'm going to be a better operator well yeah you have a better vetted interest because it's yours you're not going to want to destroy it and two, you've probably used it more than once and you're aware of it, yeah. Like, that just seems... I know this country, like, it takes... <laughs> I was just about to say, what, what, what does it seem? Are you saying that there's some sort of non-normality in the law? In, is that... Is it's that? just no. like, no, surely this, not. this country moves at, like, a sloth pace. I, I don't know if you've watched... Um, <laughs> oh, God, what's the, the animated film with the sloths? I forget what it is. It's just like when they're at the, the DMV and it's just like sloths are doing everything really slowly. It's just like, that's how laws in this country feel. <laughs> like it or transport laws i should say in this country everything is archaic and it's like our laws are still i'm pretty sure our car laws are still like they're clearly designed for you know cars of 50 years ago like it's just oh it's so hard to get anything done in this country when it comes to uh innovation when it comes to transport just because the laws are about eight years behind like i still have my reservations about things like autopilot just from a a safety point of view like i've seen the videos of tesla 3 He's just driving straight through objects because they don't see them. Um, and I, I appreciate it obviously has many upsides and is technologically advanced in many ways, but, you know, seeing those videos still scares you. Um, but I just know that in this country, like Tesla, it's going to take them forever to get the law to change for them to be allowed to even remotely think about um, any kind of autopilot. Like, it's just, it's disappointing how archaically slow it is. Yeah. Um, let's let's push on. We've 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 bored people enough. But it, it, okay, off topic. Yes, about lights on bicycles and triangles and motorbikes and how to discover traffic at two thousand feet in the air. But at the same time, bicycles are very common. We all, I'm sure. But even from a perspective, if that information can be useful to some person, at least we've said it. Um, 
COVID-19. I, I, I actually think COVID-19 will be a thing of the past by the time the UK gets some sort of proper track and trace system and app put together. It is an embarrassment how slowly this is developing, how long it has taken, how many back and forward communications the country has had to try and set something up and still have not succeeded successfully in doing so. When you look at other countries that have a perfectly flawless system working or seemingly working to a better extent. And it- now the app giving out notifications and saying, well, we think you've been in contact with someone with COVID-19. Oh, maybe you haven't. Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, you should isolate. Uh, what? If I you think just... our pickup of this technology has been slow, you should see America. Like, honestly, that will alarm you. But um, the weird thing is, the article does say that this is a it's, a... it's it's the underlying API in Apple and Google system that produces the notifications. So I wonder what's going on there. Um, obviously, it's the iPhone, it, it's iOS or it's Android that's that's telling the app about the notification. Um, so maybe, just maybe, for once, this isn't an NHS problem. Um, maybe some oddity going on with the uh, the API underneath. I don't know. I'm just glad that this system now exists in the UK. I've got it on my phone. I think you know. Obviously, the more people that have this, the, this own this app only works. This API only works if everyone has it. Um, yeah. Like the app store's done such a big push on it. Like you go to the homepage of the app store in the UK and it has the three apps at the top. You're in England or Wales, you download one app. Scotland, one app. Northern Ireland, another. Like, super obvious which one you should download. And it's literally, you download it and you turn it on. That's all you have to do. You go through the app, you can look at the privacy side of things. The England and Wales app um, does a pretty good job of saying it's all anonymous. Um, IDs are only stored for 14 days. Like, it's not linked to you, it's just linked to your iPhone um, as a random ID just to produce these notifications that's it um so i feel all right about having it on my phone um it's a nice app it seems pretty well designed i quite i quite like it um but like i say everyone needs to download this app um it it, it relies on uh, on everyone have it if if, if only you know 15 percent of the population downloads it then it's uh it's no good it really does need everyone to uh jump on it so now it's available everyone please if you're in the uk go download it go download your country specific one and just get it set up it'll work in the background if you've got an iphone or android that's running the latest software um it uses your your phone does the work the system is already there in your phone you just need a health app to uh to turn it on and that's what that uh what this nhs app now does you say about people doing the right thing and that I agree. It only works when people use it. And obviously, people need to make their own informed choices, but you would hope that they do make that informed choice. But recently, I, and I'm, this is, of course, it's only my opinion, and who am I to comment? But you say about, for example, you just said about people going through train crossings. And that is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of, on a, a long list of the most stupid thing you could ever do. Because, well, it just is. I, I don't think I need to create the list of reasons why. But if you have a red light and a barrier I think a lot of them now actually completely block the road, but there are, of course, many that don't, and you, you know, weave through or whatever. If you decide to do that, you're very stupid. But, but, but this isn't the point. Is it's so obvious? The barrier's down, the lights are on, the alarm's going. 
don't cross. It's telling people, do not cross. Why? I don't know, because there's a 300 ton locomotive coming along doing 50 to 100 miles per hour. 300 tons. Might be a good reason. Well, whatever the weight. Just talk about any any weight, whatever it is. But that's that. the point is, that it, the info's right in front of you. You don't need to make it, it's not about making an informed decision. Stop. It's a red light. Don't go people still do it and it's the same thing i was thinking about earlier when just funny because you sent me a video of a train earlier um of a lorry driver in america going through and getting you know the lorry smashed but the number of people i've seen in shops who aren't wearing masks and i'm going to defend that in a way i get it some people are exempt for whatever reason and they're totally within their rights to to do so to be exempt stay at home to not stay out of the shops <laughs> well look no i'm i'm, I'm going to play no I'm, I'm going to to be plausible here and i'm going to to justify and and, and create a valid excuse that might be the only that they may not have any other form of getting what they need that's that's okay we we can't argue that okay right or at least don't come stand next to me <laughs> exactly you've just hit the nail on the head so i had someone earlier in fact multiple people earlier and i'm not ageist but they were most definitely in the category that would be classified as quote vulnerable and that's from the government not myself so again i'm not displaying any ageism because that's wrong but they could not have gotten any closer to me if they had have tried and they weren't wearing a mask and i again i am it's not within my rights to ask or to inquire it's none of my business but if they were exempt from wearing a mask surely you would think that they would have a reason for being so now it, it may not be a medical reason there are other reasons as well and again everyone has the right to 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 privacy and to be respected but if it was a medical reason and they weren't wearing one you would think they would be vulnerable Plus the age, you would think, mm, maybe just keep a bit more distant. No, 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 no. Social distancing. What's that? Uh, people don't make the and just people don't make informed decisions. People just don't think properly. Even with a mask, you would think, well, keep a distance. But no, not wearing a mask. And both of them. It's not as if there's only one of them. And still, uh, people just get. Yeah, you, so I, I think when you say, and the only reason I'm using that as an example is because when you say people make the right decision, you have yeah. to remember there are a lot. Of, and this wasn't an isolated incident. It's happened multiple times over the past few weeks. People don't really make the right decision. Well, so I, yeah, that's you, you, some. A lot of people do. Sadly, some don't. And it typically is the ones that don't that ruin it for everyone else. I mean, two things. What was it? Boris Johnson said, "Great British common sense." Ah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and two, I think just on top of that kind of shop analogy, my other favorite thing that I've seen recently is, I mean, I am, I've only been to the shops I need to go to, you know, which yeah, I just yeah. don't understand why it's so, why does everyone need McDonald's? Just stop. <laughs> it's like, it's not that difficult. But I'm um, sorry, that was a little bit angry there. Um, well, I, but yeah, I, just, I, that's why I, I disagree in a way. And, and, but if, if it's there, it's there to be used and, and, and the government are encouraging people to do it. So that's, that we have, we have a slightly different, but, I, but, but do it sensibly, do it in the right I way. Love that. It's just like the government encouraged the whole E-out thing. It's like, oh, the numbers have gone up. Why has that happened? It's just like, <laughs> what? But um, my other favorite thing is when I see people that wear masks and then touch literally everything in a shop. Like they were just like, I've, I've seen pictures of like people in clothes stores and whatnot. It's just like, touch everything. Just touch all the things. It's just like, are these people just like, Ugh. I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the mask, uh, I, the fact it's even a debate blows my mind. But uh, the mask divide, I guess we'll call it. Um, it really does show the people that it's like the, the one great thing that's happened in 2020 
is you can see the people that aren't intelligent and uh, the people that are intelligent. But um, oh, we've come, we've we, we've started back. We, we've been off a month and we've come back. We're fighting, aren't we? I've noticed. Like we, we've come back. Mm. We're ready to offend everyone. Offend everyone, not offend <laughs> everyone. Sorry. Like we're we're what have we done? Yeah. Cyclists, uh, non mask wearers, <laughs> e scooter drivers. Yeah. Uh, who else have we done? Yeah. <laughs> Who's yeah, next? No offense was meant in the making. Apple. We've offended Apple. We've, uh, I don't know. Tim, we've uh, upset Tim. Tim. Yep. Sorry. Who we can do next? Come on. Who's up? Who wants to fire? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, that's the thing. Like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but at the same time, when you're being told to do something for the greater good of everyone else, you kind of just, you know, you suck it up and do it. And it's not for most. And again, I totally get it. Some people have medical or non medical reasons why it is um, something they can't do or restrictive. And, and everyone's entitled to that sort of respect, but it's about respecting everyone else at the same time and trying to be a decent human being about it um, and if you do have a reason for not wearing one well at least at least have the decency to keep your distance from the people that are I feel like um, and yeah I feel like the, the, the sad thing is in that, in, in that is the mask when someone's wearing a mask they're not protecting themselves they're protecting everyone else so it's the one who's not wearing it who's then obviously not respecting social distancing as well who is putting the person who is wearing the mask at risk and the person who's not wearing it isn't so much at risk it's kind of it's, it's, um, it's, it's an unfortunate set of events really I feel like we live in such a world now where where um, everyone, we're, we're so pent up about what everyone else is doing. I mean, it's, you know, literally mm. obviously what we're doing here. It's just like, I think we have to do the, we've got to go about, at the moment, we've got to go about our daily lives that works for us. Um, yeah. We have to, you know, let's not sit here and, you know, we're already in a time where like everyone's anxiety is at an all-time high, everyone's stress is at an all-time high um, for obvious reasons. I think we've just got to go through the, let's do what's right. Let's do what, um, you know, the advice is the advice don't try and be a rebel you know there's, there's no blank but let's not worry about what other people are doing what we can do is we can go outside we can wear our masks um you know we can keep social distancing we can you know not touch everything under the sun um like you just do what's best for you at this point i think i i genuinely think we're at the point where like there's really no point in in stressing out over how other people no. are acting like you oh if, no def- definitely not yeah 100 percent. i agreed when you idiot proof something the world just invents a bigger yeah, just, idiot. Yeah, yeah. You cannot exactly. fix stupid, so let's not try. You know, we've done the yeah. best we can. The advice is out there. Like, let's all for the people who who want to help out, who want to fix this, who want to get this over and done with. Let's work on it. You know, let let's do the things we're told. You know, follow the government advice. You know, be a what's it? I don't know, a, a sheep. You know, but it works. Just look at other countries. You know, where people aren't so like anti everything. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's you know. Let's not make everyone's stress level and anxiety level, I think, any any higher than it needs to be. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Right, uh, we, we, we must piss on here because we are <laughs> running out of time desperately. So the EU wants to limit which apps Apple and Google pre-install on your phone. Number one, is this a step too far, Aaron, or is this actually quite, yeah, this is quite a good idea, or... Because Apple recently have, in, in the last iteration of iOS, not 14, but 13, correct me if I'm wrong, give users a lot more choice over whether they keep or delete default apps on the phone anyway. This seems to take it further, saying, you know, it, 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 it limits how these existing companies, or sorry, these companies lim- use their existing might to favor their own services. And that's really what it's about, anti-competitiveness and, and being open and, and having a cross-collaborative market and so on. Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and other US tech giants could be banned from favoring their services 
services or forcing users to sign up to a bundle of services under draft EU rules aimed at reigning in their power. This is difficult though because the ecosystems that the phones run on rely on you being a user of that that ecosystem service. You you want to download an app on the iPhone, you must be an iCloud user to have an App Store account. If you want to download from the Play Store, you must have a Google account. It's and and I don't feel that's a problem really, is it? I think banning that would be a step too far. No. I it's one of the things that I've always found just odd about the EU and technology laws. It's just like who comes up with this stuff? Um mm. it just it just doesn't make any sense. Um I believe on Google. I mean we got a um in this house we got a Pixel 4a this week um just for testing stuff and holy hell that thing comes loaded with like the planet um <laughs> and I'm just talking Google apps like it doesn't come loaded with Candy Crush or whatever like you know Samsung phones do or whatever uh, it's just a plain Google experience and just like comes with 18 different chat apps and whatnot um what I did notice is Google's new branding is this is completely off topic Google's new branding is very nice you, you, you know I don't know if you've seen um, on your iPhone the new Google Maps icon and whatnot which is the pin with with a few different colors in it um like it's very nice but when you then see like 12 apps with the same branding it's like you can't tell the difference between them and they all look the same um i kind of appreciate what google used to do and what what apple still do with uh you know the weather app has you know weather on it the clock app has a clock on it like it's not just some weird branding but anyway more to the point the device coming with like eighteen thousand apps pre-installed the iphone i mean that comes with a lot nowadays as well obviously apple shove everything um down new users throats it's like you will sign up to apple tv you will you will do it um when <laughs> fitness plus comes out you can bet your bottom dollar it's like the activity app is going to come pre-installed like whether you have an, have an apple watch or not um or mm. fitness app sorry it's called now isn't it <laughs> move move more yeah exactly it's like, buy an apple watch. It's like walk to the yeah. apple store buy an apple watch and then walk <laughs> back <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that on iOS I could go, you know what? I don't need whatever app. I don't need the stocks app or I don't need the what well, other apps are default on iOS. The I wish app. I didn't have the stocks app this yeah, current right, climate. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I do have that app. Anyway. I have a it, well, up until iOS 14 when you, I just shoved everything in the app library, which is a great way of sorting stuff, by the way. Everyone had hmm. an Apple folder, didn't they? You just had a folder where you just shoved all yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. That you didn't need um half of which i couldn't even tell you what it is anymore um i mean there's some apps i think you can't delete like i don't think you can delete things like the clock or the app store but everything else you can't delete safari as well i don't think but um everything else you, you, can, you can delete the app store and you can delete clock can you well you can remove them i can't i can't remove no you can't i can't you can't remove the app store i'm holding down on it. i press it remove app store removing from home screen will keep the app in your app library yeah yeah that's 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 not it. That's not removing the app. Oh right, right. I thought you meant it, getting it rid of the screen. Yeah, right. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. fair. Okay, yep. that's just removing from your home screen. Oh yeah, my yeah, yeah. But God. I know that, but I, I thought you meant the removing it from the home screen. What have I done? Sorry, I held, <laughs> I held down. Obviously, I've got the app library, and then I got my home screen with widgets on, and like I held down mm-hmm. on an app in the app library, and my widgets just went everywhere. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, but I like the fact that you can delete those apps. I think that's fine. I don't love the idea of like the less 
necessary apps being preloaded. Like, I think maps being preloaded, the clock being preloaded, mail, safari, whatever, like, fine. I think it starts to become a little bit more of a gray area when it's like the stocks app and whatnot, just out of a necessity point of view for 99% of people. I I think the area I then don't like is the Apple TV app and stuff like that, um, where it's like... The, the, yeah, there's sort of like three categories, really, isn't there? Yeah, like that, that third category, those apps exist for, like, promotional purposes only. Um, yeah. The music app, like, it got a lot better, but when Apple first introduced Apple Music, like, for those of us who didn't want Apple Music and we just wanted, like, the old experience of what used to be called the iPod app, um, where it's just your local music library, like, you, every time you open that music app, is like, are you you, you going to subscribe? What, do you want to sign now? Or, you know, like, it was, <laughs> like, YouTube, you know, whenever you pause a video in the YouTube app, it's like, do you want premium? I can give you premium, um, which is just incredibly irritating. Um, those apps, I, I could I could maybe understand that that starts to become a grey area of they don't shouldn't be or don't get pre-installed by default. The the idea of not installing the app store though is just like I can imagine Apple and Google sitting here going, "You what? <laughs> you how do you how do you get the app store back if you uninstall it?" It's just like hmm, it's these things that make me question the EU sometimes. But um, mm. I know there's a whole bigger argument where the EU, or many people, but specifically the EU, are like, so what happens if other app stores are allowed onto iOS? At which point, most people in the iOS community, community sigh and uh, walk away. Um, I think the Google have proved how, uh, you know, even with their well, choice of app stores, you know, the Play Store is still the Play Store. Well, that, that's the thing. So, I mean, so the draft rules are known as the Digital Services Act aim to set the ground rules for data sharing and how digital marketplaces operate. They are expected to come into the force or force by the end of the year. Uh, but, but that's true because you have two completely different end of the spectrum platforms. You have Android, which is very open and, and variable and, and that's fine. And then you have Apple's, which is very closed and, and very restricted, which is, again, also fine. It depends what you want. I say restrictive, I just mean from a development point of view that you, you need to get approval. Everything has to be approved by Apple. But that's because Apple want to keep it in-house. They want to keep it secure. They don't want this and that and so on and so forth. And Apple can market that from a privacy and a safety standpoint. And I like that. But then that means that the Play Store can never touch iOS. And because of that, so yeah, I don't. I th- to me that's just a step too far. It, it. I don't think there's any anti-competitiveness in having your own platform for your own product at the same because that's almost like and it not quite. But for example, cars, br- new cars in 2019, 2020 have infotainment systems, have connected systems, and, and they all have their own sort of offerings. It's kind of like saying to BMW, well, you must allow Mercedes to use their infotainment system on your hardware, in your car, because otherwise it's just utterly competitive. No, it's not. The user bought the BMW or the Mercedes, whatever. They bought what they bought, so why would they want to have the... the it just I, Yeah, that, that's my perspective. I could be completely wrong. I also I think don't. it just a lot of this stems from a misunderstanding of, of how apps are written and how code works like well that that that's true yeah there's there's the uh, the practicality and then the technicality as well and the technicality the practicality doesn't allow it because again two different systems the technicality doesn't allow it because again two different systems right like can you imagine if apple and google were like like they, they, honestly they would just like pull out of europe if this was just like <laughs> yeah. it's just like why yeah. would they do that to each other it's just like i don't think either company wants that to happen either company like no one benefits from you being able to install android apps on ios or vice versa like i just like that's a heading straight towards the train wreck um that anyone with an ounce of technical 
knowledge can see, uh, you know, eight miles off. Um, yeah, I, this stuff is this is it's such a non, or it should be such a non-story. I think. I um, but yet again, the EU. This will probably drag on for an eternity because that's what happens. Uh, gatekeepers such as companies with bottleneck power or strategic market status will not be allowed to use data collected on their platforms to target users unless the data is shared with rivals. Another clause would ban gatekeepers from blocking rivals offering their products to customers outside of the gatekeepers platform or services a move which obviously would affect Apple and Google with their restrictive app store rules and payment services. The rules would also subject gatekeepers to annual audits of their advertising metrics and reporting practices. This could go big because this could cause a lot of rufflage within Apple and Google. I will be interested to see, I mean, we've we, we said what we think. I, I just think that's a step too far. I completely, I love the fact that the EU like to get involved and keep things kosher um, and prevent anti-competitive uh, behavior. And I like that there's the watchdog as well. And I like that Ofcom keep their, their, their hand in on this too. But I think that might just not be technically or practically apt for either of them. I, I just don't think it's, it, it, it misunderstands understands what there and, and nine times out of ten aren't you and i both agree when something like this comes in because i i don't like seeing companies have such a monopoly or a duopoly or just a stronghold on a market or a product service or something they do it's not right it, it, it does there is we're in an age now where companies can grow so big that they should be regulated based on their size but in this case i think it's just a step too far i think Yep, with you on that one. Uh, to round us off, Google, the Pixel phone uh, is designed for, quote, an economic downturn. Google's hardware chief has said its flagship smartphone was designed to go on sale during an economic downturn. As a result, the Pixel 5 had abandoned some of its predecessor's headline features and runs on a slower chip in order to be sold at a lower price. However, it does gain 5G connectivity and some new photography capabilities. Experts, quote, say it will face tough competition from other mid-range Android handsets, but the included bundle of Google services could help to me it's just another android phone i mean it was interesting they sort of brought the feature list down a little bit and didn't up it it's not very often a company will do that but i, I think it'll sell okay it costs 699 dollars 599 pounds um, it compares obviously to the 999 dollars 929 pounds price of last year's top end 6.3 inch pixel 4xl is this I'm um, also in the quote the age of coronavirus is a sub a subtitle of this post and I just say well I don't think the long term impact of coronavirus is going to mean that we choose or change what phones we buy that that I could be wrong I'm I'm not saying I'm necessarily right well, I just don't I think, think it's that much of an issue I think obviously coronavirus is going to not help the well, hasn't helped we act like it just started no no hasn't helped the economy in any way I think people are more Probably even without coronavirus, but I think uh, the events of this year have actually like probably sped up a lot of people's thinking. Um, I think a lot of people are just more conscious about the money they spend these days. Um, I think with without coronavirus, I think that would have happened. I think it just like obviously with a lot of people losing jobs, um, money got very tight for a lot of people this year. I think it sped up everyone's kind of thinking um, into what people spend money on and where people, you know, spend the, the the big dollars so to say in their household and i think the phones just like that's the thing i i think people are tired of the price going up every year um i i, I think we're probably beyond the point of 
phone prices have been going up. We've been generally angry about it for many years, and we've then gone and bought the next phone because. Like, <laughs> well, the thing I would say about me and you is we were pretty vocal when the iPhone Seven Plus came out. We both got that phone. We were both pretty vocal about the price jump because I remember us both talking about before that came out how we were kind of excited to go for the Plus because it, it fit into a price range that we were interested in. And then when it came out and it jumped up like two hundred, like it was a big jump, like two three hundred pounds. I think it jumped up. It suddenly went from that six hundred pound bracket to that like 800 pound bracket and i think i know for myself that put me off buying any new iphone for a while after that the 11 rolled around and it was actually it was cheaper than the 7 plus was and that was an enticement i think for me to purchase it i became very conscious of the money i was spending on these devices same reason i'm rocking a seven-year-old mac and you know six or seven-year-old ipad as well it's just because like the money we have to lay out to to upgrade these things especially on the upgrade schedule that we're like almost dictated to is just it is getting incredible and i know when people talk about uh the price of a mac i know you can go back the early noughties or the 2000s or the 90s or the 80s and macs like today the most expensive mac is still cheaper than anything you could buy that then i get it it's also a completely different time period and macs are completely different for a completely different cost but you know beyond that point mm. um i like the idea of phone manufacturers re-evaluating who buys their phone. I know that for many years or for a few years now um, a phone manufacturer has has tend to come out with a more expensive one and then a cheaper one and then it always seems that the phone manufacturer is massively surprised when the cheaper one is the best selling phone. Um, bearing in mind the iPhone SE didn't come out at the same time as the iPhone 11. The iPhone 11 like every month best selling phone um, specifically from Apple but I think it was like the best selling phone of, of uh, a few months just by itself like and that just seems to surprise companies sometimes that actually people don't care about the OLED screen or the 18 cameras or the this or that or the other you know like price is a huge factor reason why so many people buy a phone if you offer a person like a, a similar looking phone or whatever but you know if you offer them the iPhone 11 and the iPhone SE 90% of people are going to pick the SE because the features that the iPhone 11 has do not warrant the fact that it's 300 or 400 pounds more than the SE. You'd be crazy. Mm. Um, Apple are also smart that the SE doesn't get refreshed at the same time they bring out the big iPhone because it would, I imagine, cannibalize sales. Um, and I think I'm quite happy to see Google go, actually, this phone is cheaper. You know, actually, we're going to start bringing it back down. This is their flagship phone as well, don't forget. We're not talking about the 4A here or, you know, whatever the cheap version is. You know, we're talking about their version of the iPhone 11 Pro. You know, the Pixel 5 starting at £600 is still an expensive expensive phone but compared to last year's phone which was a couple hundred pounds more and then obviously the bigger version was over a thousand pounds like that's a big step down i think apple have got a lot to live up to um samsung have as well apple and samsung like two of the most expensive phones it seems that you can buy at the moment obviously aside from the niche foldable phones at the moment um you know apple are ludicrous to think that they can keep putting the price up every year and that people keep paying it um especially with like what's the top end to the pro max plus three eight eleven whatever it's called you know it's like fifteen hundred pounds
pounds or something. It's like, who would spend a car for that much money? Like, it's just nuts that anyone would spend that well, much it, money it, it's, it's on that, a phone. Plus, today. also, the ex- it's that, the price alone, plus also the fact that they expect people to, to refresh every year, every two years. That's the real sting. It's just, I mean, the watch has been creeping up in price as well. Like, it's just like all of the stuff in the Apple lineup just goes up and up and up. It's like, this is not an economy worldwide that's designed for the price to keep going up. It's like, if you want to sell more... <laughs> it doesn't match inflation, yeah. Exactly. It's just like, the economy is gonna struggle. But, you know, the economy is already struggling. Um, the economy went through a rough patch this year. It's going to continue going through rough patches. What is it like there's a recession every X decade or X number of years or whatever? Yeah, I mean, that's how the economy works. It goes through peaks and troughs exactly. and ups and downs. It It's always at one end or it's on its way. And I think, obviously, coronavirus has accelerated some economic downturn um, and it's created some more. And like I say, I, I, I think people have really took this year to reevaluate where money goes, how much they're saving. Um, I think a lot of people have realized that, you know, through no fault of your own, your job can disappear tomorrow. Um, yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's extremely, uh, you know, sad for a lot of people at the moment. Um, and it's just not the right time for companies to be like pandering to them about the latest and greatest phone. Um, I appreciate, you know, they've got to sell phones to keep other people employed, but like it's really hard to feel sorry for uh, the world's most valuable company. Or, you know, with Google, like the world's most second valuable company, whatever they are. It. I think we're, we're, we're heading for interesting times with phones and with prices because the release cycle hasn't really changed. Changed, but I'm sure the companies have noticed a change in buying patterns as prices have went up. And, uh, well, obviously they have because Google have already said we're creating a, a more affordable phone. I think it just happens to be that we're now obviously in some sort of economic instability and Google have said, hold on a minute, we could say that was on purpose. And, and I don't know if it was or not. I think it was actually a response to people not buying phones as often as what they used to because, again, the prices have substantially changed. And the only way I can can see in this case is down. The prices have to either stay where they are or come down by a bit to make people then start to buy them more frequently again. Because as you say, at fifteen hundred for a top of the end, okay, it's, it's still top of the end, but still, that's crazy. That's stupid. That that was the price of a computer, or is the price it's of a computer, I should say, and a pretty good one at that. And yes, I know a phone is a, a computer of sorts, and it's a powerful one, and it does a lot, and it has, you know, they have fantastic quality cameras, and they have so many endless amounts of features. But still, the justification isn't there, given what 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 they can provide, and given the cost of what these things, what they cost to make, they do not cost what the companies charge guaranteed. Especially when you look at the differences. Okay, slightly bigger screen, slightly bigger battery, slightly more storage. The cost of storage. I know it's flash media and it's it's not necessarily the same and, and and so on and so forth but still it doesn't cost that much to make and the price differences are simply there to be there they're they're not justified by the cost differential of of making the products but i, th- I think this the next year or two or three probably three because we, we'll need to see a consistent basis whether the prices stay the same or whether they they come down or yeah it, it will be interesting to see but at least google have done something about it whether as you said apple and samsung follow will be another story brings us to the end of 515 as always thank you so much for taking the time to join us even if it is the first time in a month again apologies we'll be back next week 516 until then you can find more episodes of the show over at munchtech.tv we have a book on podcasting, munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide. If you're listening on your mobile device, no matter what maker model, munchtech.tv forward slash mobile. 
our interview with Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, munchtech.tv forward slash was, and of course, our newsletter, munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter. If you want to get in touch with us or the show, munchtech.tv, follow the contact page and you can do so also. Until next week, have a great, safe, enjoyable week. We'll see you next time, same place, same time, on episode 516. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.